his target's ball in. Good up. It's towards the back of the box. Burn heads across. Oh, oh, they've got themselves in front, Newcastle. Gimaraes. The goal has been scored by Bruno Gimaraes. A goal on his full debut for Newcastle. Flip. Welcome to Over the Wall. Mr. Hutchin, firstly, before we get into that absolute cracking goal by Bruno, Bruno, Bruno. Um, mate, wedding day. How good? Done Best day ever. Best day ever, mate. But had our Newcastle socks on. Uh, there's a more, more to that story, but we won't. There's a, talk there's about a lot it. more to divide. <laughs> yeah, but um, for those listening, yeah, we had Newcastle socks. Luke's organised some um, Shearer socks with Newcastle brown hour down the front. Shout out to the final third for the socks. Yep. Thank you very much. So, Tough to get on. Tough to get on. They're very um, thick socks. Also confused between the, the push and pull. What, yes. Yeah. I'm not too sure. So next time I go walk through a door that says push and pull, I'm going to stand there very confused. Yeah, it was a fun day though. Um, yeah, I didn't want it to end, man. It was so much fun. Um, yeah, the cracker. I just, I just, I just messaged your wife. Actually, I hope you don't mind me messaging your wife, but um, that's all right. It's all good, mate. Um, she knows. She just said thank you, and I, um, I just replied and said, "There's, um, there's probably the best wedding I've been to by my own, which I have to say anyway." Um, which one of you? Which one of yours? Well, the, the second one. <laughs> okay, yeah, just checking. The second, the second one. <laughs> um, yeah, absolute cracker. Yeah, it was great fun, mate. It was great fun. Um, everyone had a good time. Everything went well, aside from me forgetting to thank the wife in the speech. But apart from that, oh, that happens. Like it's, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty close to thanking Steve Bruce. I was running out of people to thank. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, I think he did mention our win actually. Yeah, I think I probably did. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of wins, um, mate, we started off your wedding day with a so the game was six thirty a.m. our time. Um, Southampton. We started off with a two two one victory um, over Southampton down there. It's, um, at the the new Dell, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Interesting, mate. Good game. Um, absolute smashing goal by Bruno. The kid's got talent. Um, I did say from the start that when he does find his way into the team, he will not lose his spot. Um, and I, I, I think that's the case now. I think he will touch base on the Chelsea game in the moment, but I think he showed you know what he's capable of with it within the within the realms and albeit a different formation. Um, but the Southampton game, we, we we went down, um, and Eddie Howe said before the game um, that it's very hard to to win coming from behind. Um, it's quite an obvious statement, really. Um, if you're Steve Bruce, it's just very hard to win before kickoff. Sure. Um, but um, what really impressed me is that for the first time, actually, I probably never thought I would ever say this, but when the team sheet comes out and there's no Jolington on the team. My heart, my, my heart actually sank. I was like, "Shit, how are we going to cope without Jolington bossing that midfield?" And it, it, it's, I still think of it now, and it's bizarre. It's great, but it's bizarre. And and you know, my my gut feeling went from I think I, I predicted a one nil win or two nil win, um, that went away. Um, and I thought, oh shit, I just hope we can get something out of this game. But um, mate, good start to the game. What was your takes on it? I predicted a draw. I thought it would be a very tough game. Southampton have only lost once at home all season. They were in form. I know they got beaten 4-0 by Villa uh, just before that, but sometimes they're the more dangerous teams to play. Um, the team rebounding from a, an ass-kicking like that. So, And you're right, when the team sheets come out, one of the first names I look for now is Joel Linton to see if he's playing, which is unheard of. Yeah. Um, I was happy to see Bruno start. Um, you know, I'm keen to see what he can do. He didn't play a full game here, which was fair enough. He started cramping up um, after about 60, 65 minutes. Um, but it's not going to take him long to get his legs under him. 
Um, and I, I agree with what you said. I think once he's in the team, it's going to be hard to shift him. Um, it's going to take a massive drop in form. And I just don't see it. I, I just yeah, don't see it from him. He's you know he's acclimatised pretty well to the Premier League. Um, took the goal phenomenally well. Um, that's a footballer's instinct. You know, there's uh, very few players that will be able to pull that off. But I think the, the acclimatisation comes down to the way Eddie Howe's handled him. So he's, yeah, by all means, sat on the bench for six games, uh, five or six games. And, you know, a lot of fans are getting on the edge of their seat and getting quite antsy, which rightly so. They, you know, they want to see their close to record signing, um, you know, start a game, Brazil International. But the reason why he's potentially started like that is, yeah, he's got, the ta- he's got the talent. But Eddie Howe didn't want to rush him. We've seen so many players come into Newcastle with such a high reputation or, you know, a huge future ahead and just cr- absolutely crash and burn. Um, the Premier League is a different beast. Um, and I think Eddie Howe's handling of him has, has been very much justified. Yeah, it's just tempering expectations. You know, just because he's a brand new shiny toy, it doesn't mean we get to play with him straight away. Oh, I might tell my kids that. There you go. So, <laughs> so you just, you know, keep it keep it save it for a special occasion you know you just gradually introduce him um and we can't fault eddie howe i mean we were unbeaten um during that time so whatever he's doing has worked bruno seems happy um there's a fantastic vibe around the club at the minute um you know social media posts i'm, I'm loving all these team photos after the games as well uh, i like just trying to read the body language of the players that aren't playing you know you, i you saw talk- that with lascelles the other week he didn't look too happy I don't know if he smiles much, though, Jamal. No, I don't. I think you'd be quite good in the dressing room. But did, what I loved is I think I showed you um, night of your wedding um, with Kieran Trippier. Um, he's yeah. put he's put on Twitter. So, yeah, I hope I'm allowed to uh, celebrate with the boys if that's all right. And there's a photoshopped himself in holding the Newcastle scarf. I just I just like the fun that they're just taking the piss out of uh, social media. I, I enjoy it. That means that that tells me the boys are close and they're, they're a tight knit. That's what you want to see. You, you you want to see them on social media, you know, taking the piss out of each other. You know, the Kieran Trippier, you know, with a caption of Dan Byrne and Ryan Fraser with Dan Byrne, his little mascot. You know, you, you like shit like that. It just shows that there's a good bond in the in the dressing room, which is something we haven't had, at least outwardly, for a while, um, for as long as I can remember, really. So, you know, there's a good vibe around the club. Um, results have been pretty good. Obviously, Chelsea result we'll get into soon with um, a few mitigate, mitigating factors in that. But I was impressed with the Southampton performance. Um, to to go a goal down and then to reply, what six or seven minutes later, mm, good um, ball by great ball by John Joe. But um, Chris Wood, that that's that's his bread and butter. Yeah, you, just put it put, on his head. Yeah, you put balls in the box like that. Um, he, he, more than likely, he's going to get on target and he's going to be hard to handle. And he, you know, his stats where he won eleven out of I'm sorry, nine out of eleven head, heading duels, um, and that's what he does. You get the ball in the box. With a little bit of space for him, he he's going to make you pay, and and that was you know it was kudos to to John Joe, uh, but it was an absolute cracking and a huge relief for um for Chris Wood and you know his teammates alike that he actually got off the mark. Yeah, you can see there was a, a Newcastle posted a video after the game with Wood walking into the dressing room and the whole dressing room just erupts and you know we never got to see any of that before. You know the social media presence was almost non-existent. Now we're it's great yeah, fun to watch. I, I want to know who they've hired because he's. Whoever's running the um, the Newcastle United Twitter and, and Instagram is mate, nailing it, nailing oh, it, absolutely nailing it. They've got good banter. They've it reminded me of um, um, I was New England Revolution where they were playing 
I think they played Real Salt Lake and they lost 3-2. They went 2-0 two, two up and it was, you know, it was snowing with rain and they put in pictures up of snow angels. And and um, it was quite funny because they went down and rather than going 3-2, they've like, they, the bloke tweets and he goes, ah, shit. <laughs> like, it, it's like a fan following the game and that, that's what the Newcastle um, yeah, media team have brought back and, and it's been recognised by the fans. It's good to see. It's closed the gap between the club and the fans because the gap couldn't have been wider other than like Ashley era. We were so disconnected from the I team. I think they lost their actual login password to Instagram and Twitter. I think they did. We were just so disconnected. Since yeah. the new owners have come in, they've obviously made a priority to you know, gain the trust of the fans, reconnect with the fans and the area, the local community. And you can see it. You, you can see that that, that gap has, has narrowed. And I feel closer to the team than ever before. And I'm on the other side of the world. It's just the power of social media. You know, I feel like I know who Kieran Trippier is as a person. I feel like I know who Alan St. Maximin is. I know who Ryan Fraser is. You know, it's it's just refreshing. It's it, it's the most excited I've been as a Newcastle fan for yeah, way too long. Way I think we're gonna long. I think we're gonna hold on to that hold on to that excitement. Um, mate, a couple more impressive performances I think during that game. Um, you, you literally couldn't fault anyone. The, the best thing about this game. Uh, was the fact that first goal was scored by Chris Wood, new signing. <laughs> Second goal, the corner was taken by Matty Target, headed down by Dan Byrne and finished <laughs> off by Bruno Gimraish. Um Pretty much all four of our new signings that besides Trippier, so they make it five, um, featured with, with the goals. I think that's just... It almost made me... I don't dislike Southampton. I, I don't think I ever can. Um, but the fact that we, the fact that Huddle just spoke utter crap about its unfair players, you know, allowed to play in these, you know, re- rearranged games, I think that was just icing on the cake for me. It's just karma. It's just karma. That's all it was. <clears throat> it's literally just karma. So um, <laughs> it, it is pretty funny in hindsight. And I'm sure Hassanhood will be um, keeping his mouth shut, I think, going forward. Yeah, I think he did. They they they, they, had, had little, they spoke to him at, at the start and they were like, um, he was like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> That's an admission that, yeah, I put my foot in it. So yeah, um, I thought Matty Target was phenomenal there as well because, you know, he's a Southampton junior. Um, it's his team he supports. And man, he's been phenomenal for us. And news broke, obviously, last week that we've got a, we did insert a buyback, a buying clause. 15 million, 15 million, million pound um, clause. I think that's. Consider it done. Absolute steal. Um, based on the way he's performing and the way he's acclimatised to, to us at, at left back, I think that's a no brainer. I think, um, yeah, sn- snap the fingers off and take it. Yeah, I think um, I think the deal's basically done. It just hasn't been publicly announced yet. I can't see any particular reason why we wouldn't sign him unless obviously he gets a major injury or something before between now and the end of the season. I think as soon as the season's over, we'll be saying, here's a check, 15 million quid. Yep. Thank you very much. Um, and he'll be our long term left back. Yeah, I think so. Um, once again, Dan Burnshaw doing absolute wonders at the centre back there against some. Um, but um, mate, Martin Dubravka, he he was sensational, absolutely sensational. Um, couple of late saves, um, some nice little classy one to scoop. Um, yeah, scoop a header off the line um, from Salisu. It's 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 what he does. I think it does. Do we look to replace Martin of Braveco at the end of the season, or do we go? Okay, what we've got at the back there is good enough. I think we need an upgrade. Um, what I see with Dubravka, I see he's got an error in him, and he's not the best with the ball at his feet. Which is I, the way Eddie Howe likes to play. 
I get nervous whenever the balls are played back to him because he tends to leave till the last second before he kicks it. It's a matter of time before there's a mistake. Mm. I, I like Dubravka, but I think with a style of play Eddie Howe wants, he's going to want uh, a goalkeeper that's much better on the ball. And you look at the big teams and the successful teams, they all have that. It's mm. the way of the future. Um, Edison, Allison. Yeah, Neuer to Stegen. Yeah, they're all good at the feet. Even Pickford, Pickford's good at the feet um, yeah, as well. Got, it's because he's got no arms. Yeah, well that's it. So he has to be good with his legs. So uh, I, I like Dubravka, but I think there's better options out there for us. And it wouldn't shock me in the in the summer if we do bring in uh, another goalkeeper. Yeah, I think so. Like, there's a point there. It's quite often when the balls played back. And it's a laboured ball where he kind of tends to sit on his heels a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. His anticipation for you know for to have the ball at his feet is quite limited. Um, whereas, mate, don't get me wrong, absolute grrr, phenomenal shot stopper. But yep. the way the way Eddie Howe likes to play, and that's probably why Fabian Shah has excelled, is because he wants he wants ball players. You know, hence why yeah. we've we've been linked in the last few days with John Stones. Um, he wants people who are comfortable on the ball, and um, yeah. It, I guess for me, there's probably you know a couple of couple of goalkeepers we can look at there in in Henderson and, and Leno, but um, yeah, who knows? We'll, we'll we'll see how that plays out. And yeah, and the ball playing centre backs. That's why whenever we play four four two, you're not going to see Lascelles there because Lascelles is he gave look at the Chelsea game this morning, jumping ahead a bit, gave away the ball a few times. He had the ball, didn't know what to do, played an awful pass. Shah's a much better footballing centre half. Lascelles is probably a better. LaSalle's more physical um, than Shah but when you've got Byrne beside Shah they, they complement each other perfectly um, you know Byrne's got the left foot he's got the physicality the only thing they lack between them is probably a little bit of pace um, which we can get undone and LaSalle's is quite quick off the mark as well so but Howe's got options like he switched to a back five today played three centre halves against Chelsea yeah. which I sort of knew he would do because that was the formation he played when Bournemouth beat Chelsea 3-0 at Stamford Bridge so he's, he's won in three of the last five games against Chelsea which we'll touch base on soon but yep. um, it's a pr- pretty bloody good record um, what impressed me the most um, obviously besides Bruno's back here was the fact that Joe Willick had a um, a lunging lunging tackle um, mm. to, to deny Southampton pretty much late, but there was a photo taken and there was a photo of uh, Matty Longstaff. Oh, sorry, not Matty Longstaff. He's on fire, by the way. (laughs) He he scored again. Sorry, Sean Longstaff. A photo of Sean Longstaff um, over the top of Joe Willick, absolutely screaming um, his head off in celebration for his little efforts. That shows me, and and we we go back to, you know, the, um, the dressing room photos. That shows me how tight the boys are and how celebrated they are for the little wins, not just the glory. And that's Sean Longstaff, who's barely played yeah. at the time. You know, obviously he played this morning. Um, but in that game, he hadn't played, hadn't really featured at all, apart from being a last-minute sub. Out of contract at the end of the season, so his future's not certain. But he gives it his all. And that's just, you know, it's it's the next man up mentality um, that doesn't matter who's filling in the shirt, the performance is going to be the same. And that's mm-hmm. what, that's that's comes from the top. And that's, Eddie Howe's instilled that, um, Graham Jones still has an influence in the club, I'm sure. You know, he's not as, um, I guess, visible now as he was Boy, to he, Steve Bruce. He was almost the manager, wasn't he? Basically, yeah. And um, Jason Tindall's obviously done a good job. You know, he's in charge of the set pieces. Um, and we, we've looked a lot more threatening from set pieces as well. Obviously, having nine foot four Dan Byrne does help. Um, yeah. But even just the runs and the, the positioning, like you look at Bruno's positioning for the, the backheel goal, 
he was not standing basically on the goal line, peeled off, anticipating, burned ahead of back. But yep. it's um everything's coming together pretty rosy. Yeah, it's um re- and Tinder's doing a great job. I saw a good nice little uh post the other day and it was just like an appreciation post for what he's doing for the club. Because yeah, Eddie Howe's the face, but he does has a good team behind him, and he's his right hand man, and will be his um right right hand man for a very long time. Speaking of of Maddie Longstaff and um and Elliot Anderson, Maddie scored he scored two and two, mm-hmm. um, and Elliot scored an absolute peach of an individual goal. It's like a Phil um, Foden. It's like a Phil yeah. Foden goal. It yeah, really well, was. As a couple a couple of people have said that, and there's a few people shouting about it's like oh he's found his level. I'm like y- y- that's a completely flawed logic for me because. Did you know? Did James Vardy find his level at non-league? You know, James Vardy. Oh, are you his parent? <laughs> James Vardy. Um, you know, yeah. did um, you know Trippier find his level when he's you know find you know he's played for Burnley and you know did Harry Kane find his level until he you know ended up at absolutely killing it and potentially breaking Shearer's record? Like, you, you need game time to excel as a player. It doesn't matter if it's League One, League Two, Championship. Um, Mate, he he he's looking the goods at the moment. He's one that I think we can um, develop in time and give a real chance because there's been quite a few players that we've had high hopes for um, that have either a slipped through the net or have just completely given up. Ivan Tony Armstrong in most recent times. Yeah, hundred percent. Playing League Two football, playing against men, is much better for their development than playing under twenty threes against kids. Um, they're going to get a lot more from it. Um, and it's competitive football as well. You know, playing under 23s in front of 100 people, the result doesn't matter at the end of the day. There's no pressure. There's no pressure. Playing League Two, you get three, 4,000 fans there. Stadiums are small. You can hear every word the crowd is saying about you. It's intimidating, especially going away from home. And he's just a young kid. I don't think I've seen a more technical player coming through the academy than Elliot Anderson. I watched a couple of the old um, the under 23 games, and he was just head and shoulders above everybody else there. Um, and Lucas DeBoll has, um, you know, he's been the, on our subs bench as well for a while. Apparently, we've got high hopes for him. We just yeah. gave a new new deal to Kel Watts as well. But it's got to be the right club that they go to on loan. Like we saw Matty Longstaff go to Aberdeen, did yeah, nothing. And, yeah. You look at Freddie Woodman now, not getting a start at Bournemouth. He's second choice to Mark Travers now. Um, you know, Freddie Woodman was the next big thing a couple of years ago. He was linked with Arsenal. He was linked with Spurs. He was linked with all these big clubs. And I don't know what's going to happen to him now. I mean, fortunately for him, he's a goalkeeper and he's his early to mid-20s, so he's got plenty of time left. But I think this season will sort of make a break for him um, in terms of if he wants to be a Premier League footballer, he needs to excel out on loan at Bournemouth. And I think he played one, maybe two games, conceded a few goals. And now he's going to have to wait for an injury or a drop in form before he gets it's another a, it's chance. It's a shame because he excelled when he was at Swansea last season. And then we mm. thought, oh, okay, he's he's gone away. He's done an excellent job. He's made that next step. He's going to come back, and he's going to really push to Bravka for a starting spot, or potentially he had the opportunity to take that starting spot early on in the season. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I, I feel like he, you know, he, he could could end up like a you know, Fraser Foster, where he kind of disappears somewhere else and comes back and finds his. You know, find that finds out that he is a Premier League player, but he might have to disappear to Scotland, go to a Championship club, and be their number one and for a mid-table side for the moment, and then make his way. But he's young though, and as we know, like keepers really excel in mid to you know early to mid thirties. Yeah, I just don't know if with the timeline of where we're going forward in terms of a club and the 
players we're going to be wanting. I just don't know if his future is with us. I think it is going to be a Fraser Foster situation mm. where, yeah, he'll he'll go elsewhere. Maybe go to Celtic. I mean, why not? That was the Fraser Foster route and it worked out pretty well for him. He, Mate, well, they got Jay Hart and God knows how long he's going to keep going for. So that, that could be a good little shout there. Yep. Might get some odds on sports bet. Yeah, absolutely. Freddie Woodman to Celtic next season. Mm. Freddie Woodman and then my daughter to play for the Matildas. There you go, done. Or, or Brazil, dual passport. That's it. Yeah, good. Um, mate, Chelsea game. Let's touch base on this. Um, where, do, where do you want to start? Wussa, wussa. Wussa. Um, mate, um, Eddie Howe, um, missing a lot of his first-team players here. So, Jollington out, ASM on the bench. Obviously, Trippy's out, Wilson was out, Fraser was out. Um, the list was on. Willock was out. Um, the, the list was long, very, very long. Um, John Joe was out. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, we're, we're missing a lot there. He, he's tweaked formation, as you said. He, he's gone to yeah, back five, played three centre backs. Um, it, it's hard to get anything out because we, you know, we lost the game one nil, but we deserved so much more. If you're looking at stats, you know, seventy three percent possession of Chelsea and. 27 to us, and we've had you know we've had two on target, five shots off target. They've only had three on and three off target during that time. We our high press game was sensational, absolutely sensational. Chelsea are in trouble quite often. Um, literally, has come down to two two decisions during that game. Kai Havertz um, elbow on the six meter tall Dan Burnt. Mm-hmm. Um, and funny enough, when he was given a yellow, I said to myself, he will score. And if only I jumped on sports bed and got on the phone, I was like, <laughs> this prick's going to end up scoring. And then the atro- absolutely atrocious um, decision for me for um, for no pen on, on Murphy. Um, mate, Mike Shaw's. So I was happy uh, to start the game off. You know, I was... A bit surprised at how aggressive the press was. Yeah, um, so it was actually it was very, very high. Very, very high press. And the concern with that against Chelsea is it just takes one or two passes and then they're in behind you. And I was at the start of the game, they did get behind a fair bit, um, but they didn't create anything. We, we contained them really well and they didn't have a shot on target until Havertz's header in the second half, which he should have scored from. That was a poor header. I mean, it was literally right at Dubravka. So, you know, we started off the game well. I was... I expected a back five. I expected that from Eddie Howe. Um, I was happy to see Miggy start, um, especially when you're playing a high press because he runs. That, he runs, and so does Jacob Murphy as well. Yep. So, uh, and they put a shift in on both ends, defensively and in attack. So that you know, Fraser was on the bench. So Maxim was on the bench, probably due to fitness reasons. But I wouldn't shock me if it was also tactical as well, because so Maximum doesn't like to track back, um, and in this game, we definitely needed that. Obviously, one of the big talking points was the elbow. Um, Havertz on burn. Um, whether it was a red card or not, Eddie Howe was a bit diplomatic. Uh, you can say, yeah, either way. I'm leaning towards I was okay with it being a yellow, um, mainly because Havertz wasn't looking at burn. So mm-hmm. I don't know if the intent was there. Obviously, his, his elbow is out, um, but you but can't jump without your arms. To, to defend him... In one way, you, you can't jump without your arms, and when you're trying to leap as high as Dan Byrne and and you know, and compete, and no player's going to go, oh, "Shit, he's too tall. I'm not going to get up and compete." So you do need your arms to help you elevate and generate power. That that's understandable. Um, he's made contact with the head, yep, 
but like you said, he hasn't actually looked at Dan Byrne. No. He's actually attempting, or you know, he's looking away at least. Um, I've seen them given. Yep. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I'm I'm okay with how. You know, I wouldn't have been mad if a red card was given, but I'm actually okay with with the fact that it was given a yellow card. I always flip it and I go, "What if that was, um, you know, what if that was Chris Wood? If that was Dan Burn as a red card, maybe that's maybe. what Dan Burn. That's what Dan Burn said. That's what Dan, so Dan, Burns, Dan Burns came out and said. If that was me on the other way around and Kai Havertz, I get set off. Yeah, but I just think if that was, you know, if Kai Havertz was playing for Newcastle and Burn was for Chelsea, would I be? You know, screaming bloody murder, or how would I feel if it was a red card? And I just don't think it was a. I just don't think it was a red. Yeah, um, and we. I guess we we're quite diplomatic too. We're pretty um. We're we're pretty even and, and balanced supporters, and, and if we see something is a penalty or not, we we tend to. We'll call to, it. We'll yeah, call we'll it. I we'll see it. it. Yeah, and uh, to me, like if I cannot straight away go, okay, well that is a red card. I'm going to sit back and go. Well, if I can't automatically, if I was refing the game and and I go, well, well, I'm not too sure about that. I'm going to give you a red card. Yeah, the only reason I thought it might have been a red was because it was visible damage on Burns' head as well. Um, like it didn't look good, but right, at the end of the day, it, it was eleven on eleven. Um, you know, Havertz have scored the winner, so obviously the controversy is there. But the big talking point was the the non penalty, which I mean, it's one of the as is atrocious. It's one of the more egregious ones I think I've seen for a long yeah. time. I mean, if what, that's was, not- what was worse? Um, Edison's take out of Fraser or this one? Probably this one. I agree because the ball's actually at Murphy's feet whereas the ball was moving away from Fraser. Yeah, and um, Chalabar was nowhere near the ball. Um, obviously, the tug started outside the box, but he just didn't let go. Um, but yeah, like, so Murphy's took him on. He actually took him on really well in that corner. They had a nice little duel. He's actually got on the outside of him, got ahead of him, Um and Chalabas, he, he's got his shirt, he's pulling him, he's pulling him, he's pulling him. What bewilders me is that he pulls him, sticks his leg out and takes him down. Refs gives a corner, but he, does, he, doesn't, even, he doesn't even touch the ball. No, not even close. It's, I, I can understand the referee not giving it on the pitch because if you look at certain angles, his view was obstructed. But if that's not what VAR is there for... Exactly, exactly. If that's not a clear and obvious error, then what's the point in having it? What's the point in having VAR? Um, obviously, Shearer blew up. Um, pretty much everyone's blown up. Isaac Hayden came out and tweeted, um, you know, it was a great performance by the boys against 12 men today. You know, you might get into a bit of shit for that. Um, yeah, mate, mate, Trevor Sinclair's come out. Jamie Carragher's blown up. Um, hmm. Gary Neville's blown up. Um, Doesn't take much for those two guys to blow up, though. No, but they've, they've blown up in favour. Yeah, um, I, know, I know. Exactly. And for, there's, that, no, there's no one who's agreed with the decision. Or maybe Paul Merson. Yeah, but he's a twat, so yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, I think that changes the game. Um, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbeck actually said said it perfectly, and he was, there is no way Chelsea win this game. They might have got something out of it, but he said there's no way Chelsea win this game if that penalty is given. Newcastle score go 1-0 up. There is no way they come back to win that game because Chelsea were offering absolutely nothing for until the 89th minute. Yeah, they couldn't break us down. We yeah. the whole game was in front of us from say the tenth minute onwards. They yeah, they they, they looked they looked poor. Um, they didn't look like um, you know championship or sort of Champions League chasing team against a team that's battling relegation a few weeks ago. It just didn't look like that. Um, you know, I know they had most of the ball, but they did. You can have all the ball in the world, but if you're not doing anything with it, what's the mm-hmm. point? 
Yeah. There's a funny, funny chant going around um, Stanford Bridge was uh, Mike Ashley, he's coming for, <laughs> coming you. for you. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. You know, the older, uh, they used to shout at John Joe, Harry Potter, he's coming for you. So why not the Mike Ashley is coming for you? So, yeah. yeah um, obviously, the, the Chelsea situation is a um, strange one, but, mate, you have to sit back and applaud that goal. Um, all I did start oh, with. It was absolutely sensational. It did start with St. Maximin giving the ball away, which mm. he tends to do. Um, rocks or diamonds occasionally, that guy. But uh, you, you could see how upset Dan Byrne was. Yep. Um, but it was a great run from Havertz. And that first touch. The first touch, mate. First touch. It's the left, first touch made the goal. It's left foot, left foot, straight away. Yeah. It's, it's a futsal goal. Yeah. It, it's one of the better goals I've seen for a long time. It's a Ronaldo, it's a Ronaldo didn't you, finish? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the quality that he's got. And he's, he's starting to hit a bit of form now as well. But really, he had the headed opportunity and he scored the goal. But aside from that, he didn't really trouble us at all. I can't remember anything he did. But that's a sign of a good striker, you know. You can be anonymous for 88 minutes and then when the opportunity arises. Mm. So it was a bit of a gut punch, you know, 89th minute. Um, and then we just quickly chucked on uh, a couple of subs. Dwight Gale, who was on for about 10 seconds and then got a yellow card. Yeah. Um, and Ryan Fraser. But I think the, um, you know... I think it's one of those losses that I, I was proud of it. You know, yeah, what, I, yeah. Like I, my my tweet was proud. Yeah, real simple. Yeah, and they showed fight and they showed a lot of tactical acumen as well in this game. Uh, I think he got his selection spot on. Longstaff just ran around nonstop. Was phenomenal. Um, yeah, Bruno did well. Um, didn't have to do too much. Chris Wood was a bit poor. Um, he's good in the air, but the ball was. He bouncing. lost the ball. He lost the ball at his feet. He had a few heavy touches, which kind of annoyed me. It's like a trampoline. It was just bouncing yeah, off. Yeah, pretty much for the fact that we knew we weren't going to be able to control position for a majority of the time. So when he, the ball actually got to his feet, needed we needed to hold we, it. We needed to hold it as, as much as we could. Um, I thought Miggy did all right. He ran well. Um, mm. ran great endlessly. shot in the first half. Great volley, and then Shah um, probably had a pretty good chance there, to be honest, to with the rebound and, and drilled it into Rosette. Um, yeah, yeah, I was impressed with Miggy. Um, you know, his attitude's never been questioned and his endeavour and commitment's never been questioned. It's just the end product. And I was texting um, Evan uh, when Miggy uh, hit the volley and I'm like, where's this been? Like, yeah. What, where has that been? We've never, he's, I've never seen him take a shot like that. His career's on the line. Yeah, well, that's it. Um, and that's what we want. We want competition for places. And Murphy's done really well. Um Bit of a one-trick pony, you know, he doesn't do too much. Like, he's not a fancy fancy player. He's sort of like a Keith Gillespie in a way. He'll just run up and down the wing, um, put a couple of good crosses in. But, but I like Jacob Murphy. He's done, he's, he's done well. He runs endlessly. Um, what I was going to touch on is... Um, mate, Everton this week. So we've lost. We, our unbeaten runs come to an end, um, unfortunately. Probably, probably in a way that kind of still keeps us upbeat because we we, we deserve something out of that game. Yeah, we Whereas were beaten, you, beaten, but not embarrassed. Yeah, exactly. So we're looking at that, and um, mate, Everton this week's big game. Everton's coming off of another loss. <laughs> They've lost fourteen of their last seventeen Premier League games. They're in um, strife. They're in strife. Yeah, and and we've got them at Goodison. Uh, it was loud. It was boisterous. Um, they did lose to Wolves. Richarlison had three or four absolute cracking chances. Um, I believe, I see us going there and coming away with something. 
Mm, I agree. Just for the way we're set up, the way we're playing, Jolington will be back on the squad. Hopefully, John Joe's fit. Hopefully, Willick's fit. Say Maximal will probably start. Um, yeah, the back will we'll revert to a back four. I, I honestly believe we go there and we come away with something, and um, that just gets us that one step closer. I do think we're about maybe six to probably about seven points away from safety at the moment. Um, and hopefully this will be three going into uh, going into our next game. I, th- I think thirty-eight points is going to be plenty of points um, to survive. I think it'll probably be less than that, to be honest. Um, but I think we're about two wins away. Let's just say two more wins that'll take us to thirty-seven. Then I'll be confident. I think we'll beat Everton for some reason. The bookies have got us as the outsiders. Yeah, they're paying three dollars, which is weird to me when you're just looking at form. Uh, and we beat them a month ago as well, um, comfortably, you know, 3-1. So, uh, and I've seen nothing from Everton in the last few games to show that they're, you know, they can beat us. Um, obviously, yeah. that's very possible. Um, you know, we don't know who's going to play. You know, Eddie's, uh, no one would have picked, predicted the starting 11 that played today. Um, no, no chance. No one would have thought Miggy, Murphy, Longstaff and Bruno, considering Big Joe, Little Joe and John Joe have been so, you know, um, yeah, well, I woke up and saw the team sheet. I was like, okay, this is interesting. Let's see, let's see how we go. And um, I almost thought to myself, well, uh, has he? I wouldn't say has he packed it in, but he's like, uh, well, let's give these guys a run. We've got nothing to lose, which is mm. probably the way way you thought. But I'm going to set this team up tactically to give them something. But um, results did go away um, in terms of a little relegation fight, which is which is pretty cool. So Everton, um, Everton losing the Wolves. Um, I guess Norwich losing, so Leeds. Um, Watford did get, get a win over Southampton, but that just tightens the, the noose around Burnley a little bit more. Yep. Um, Burnley so do have a couple of games in hand, and so do Everton as well. They do. Everton only got three games in hand on most and two games in hand on us. Um, yeah, it's 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 tight. It's very, very, very tight. And I think, like you said, yeah, another couple of wins. I hope we sweep. Yeah, it'd be good to go. Um Mate, this play's been linked with this 24-7 um, <laughs> now that we're getting closer to safety. Um, and also there's rumours of a Dan Byrne England call-up. Um, but Nunez is um, heavily linked again. Um, something of a £60 million pound, um, bid with personal terms potentially already being discussed. Um, would you drop £60 million on the, the, the Uruguayan International? I always don't understand how personal terms can be agreed without a fee. Isn't that just... That's what agents do. They get on the phone. They're like, yep, he's ready for that. And then there we go. That's that's the world of football at the moment is we're interested in your player. They'll speak to the agent first now before they actually speak to the club. Whereas before it'd be like, he's not going anywhere. And then, or yeah, okay, we've accepted the fee. Now you can chat to the player. Yeah. So it's the... a very non-football manager at the moment. It is, it is. Um, would I spend 60 mil on Darwin Nunez? Good player, um, doing doing well in Portugal. Uh, obviously, at Benfica, sixty mil is a lot of money though for me. Um, I know he's young, scoring for fun, but I think Wilson will probably score twenty five goals a season for us. Um, if and when fit, yeah. If and when fit, so I'm not. There's other strikers out there that I'd probably prefer. Um, he'd be a success, but I just think there's areas of the squad that we could strengthen more with sixty million pounds. Mm. Would you take him? Um, I probably would because the way I look at it is looking at the look looking at the the young strikers around the world. There's not too many that would actually come to us. Um, even next season, 
the fact that we don't have European football, we've just survived relegation. I don't believe there's going to be, you know, Vlahovic and you know, people got excited about Vlahovic potentially coming and, you know, people talk stupidly about Haaland, which he's, by the looks of it, looks like he might be off his, on his way to City. Um, yeah, I would. I would. If we've, we've, if we've got the money to spend and we can clear out, um, I'd take him. I'd take him and I'd have him, him and Wilson and Wood there. Wood, like you said, would chuck him on in the last, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Um, the reason why I'd take him is for the fact that Wilson's injury prone. Yeah. He's struggling to get on the pitch and we don't want to have to rely on, you know, someone like Chris Ward or someone, you know, of, of a lesser caliber. Um, to come in and take that take that position, I would love the fact that you know I, w- I would take him for sixty mil. I'm not sure, um, but that's just I, I think I've just got the old Newcastle hat on. Yeah. Is that sixty mil is a lot of money? But at the moment, sixty mil is not. It just depends how much we've got to spend, um, and what other areas we can you know do we need to develop for next season? I mean, I'd take him in a heartbeat. I just think it's twenty mil more than it's worth at the minute. I think we're paying the Newcastle tax. Um, with that one where everyone's just going to jack up the prices. Same with like Alexander Isak as well at Sociedad. You know, I'd love him. Uh, I think he's a fantastic striker. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're, we're going to be paying a premium just because people know we've got cash. Yeah, but fair play to to the owners during in this, yep. you know, in um, January. They just say, well, buggy, we're out. We'll go find someone else that fits our mould. And they've done that really well. And, you know, if they're going to keep doing that, we're going to have faith and, and we'll back them. and. And if they say no and they go, well, bugger you, we're not going to pay 60 mil, we'll go somewhere else. And let's be honest, if we went to Benfica and said, all right, so you want 60 mil, here's 40 million cash, they're going to accept it. No, no club right now after the pandemic can turn down that kind cash. of cash. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, well, no one's paying in cash. It's all, they're all part payments. Stormants, all installments, yeah. 100%. So, I, would, I would take Nunez over Gabigol. Yeah, I would too. Oh, because I, I don't know how Gabby Gold is going to go. I obviously don't know how Nunez is going to go, but I feel like he has. He's young. He's hungry. He's scoring in Europe, which Gabby Gold has not done um, at any level, uh, at Inter or when he's gone on loan um, to Portugal. So uh, someone like that, who they're probably a similar style of player, but I'll, I'll definitely jump on the, the Nunez bandwagon. I do believe Dan Byrne deserves an England call-up. Um, that's not being biased. That's just <laughs> being smart. I th- yeah, I don't know. Uh, he, won't, I think he won't get one. He won't get one. I think the next one from our squad that will make the England squad will probably be Matty Target. England's yeah. got an abundance of right backs, but at left back, I don't know if we're that well well stocked, especially with like Chilwell being out for quite a while as well. Um, and obviously Kieran Trippier has played left back for England recent year as yeah. well. So Matty Target's in with a shout, I think. Yeah. Oh, that'd be a good shout. We'll see. Mate, finally, Newcastle player might make the. Uh, the England squad. Speaking of um, international teams, mate, Bruno's got a Brazilian call up for the World Cup qualifiers. Two more World Cup qualifiers. Not that they need to play them. So hopefully yeah. he gets some gets some minutes. Which would be pretty cool. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, maybe you can have a chat to Lucas Pigueta and a few other boys to uh, to bring him bring him to uh, to Newcastle and enjoy the bridges. I'd spend uh, sixty mil on Pigueta. I think. Oh, mate, I'd definitely spend sixty mil. Can you imagine a midfield trio next season of Jolington, <laughs> Bruno, and Pigueta? <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, if you said that sentence about five or six months ago, you'd been laughed out of. The, I, I wouldn't be hosting, you know, doing this podcast with you. Yeah, it's pretty. Um, it's pretty cool to think about. It, it is. Chuck, and- Chuck in, someone said the other day on on Twitter, it was like, um, you know, who do we go for if anyone gets relegated? Someone was like Phillips. I was like, in a heartbeat, you take Rafinha. Yeah, you in do. Absolute heartbeat. You chuck him on the right. You've got Fra- him and Fraser competing for a spot. You got ASM Fraser can play both sides, and 
you know, potentially say Nunez or, or Wilson up front, and then you've got, you know, Nunez, Wilson up front, you've got ASM on the left, you've got Rafinha on the right, then you've got Bruno Jollington. Even if you don't have a Lucas Piquetti, you've got Bruno Jollington or Willick or Jonjo who's, you know, who's doing really well. So for me, that strengthening position needs to definitely be um, maybe another centre-back and goalkeeper. So that's potentially where we could be spending our money is, you know, a goalkeeper, um, striker, centre back, and a little bit more, little bit more depth and youth. Would you take Patrick Bamford? No. Why? Because I've only ever seen him do it for one season. Okay. He's in failed. the Premier League. Only in one Premier season in Premier League. Yeah. yeah. He's done well in the Championship. No, I'll take I'll take um, Dominic Calvin Lewin over Bamford. I just think Bamford. Look, Bamford's great. He scored some cracking goals last year. That hat trick he scored was one of the best hat tricks I've ever seen. Um, I just don't think he has the potential to do it season in, season out. And and I was excited to see if he could do it this year, and he he hasn't played. Um, and obviously he's not. He doesn't have to prove me right or wrong. But um, if I can see him turn it on, then that's you know that could be a move. I think teams going down. I probably look funny enough if Burnley go down. I wouldn't take Tarkowski and anyone like that like I think we can get better I think we can improve and I think we can you know look at a Botman or whoever it may be and we can you know John Stones a lot of people say ah he's he's you know he hasn't been playing well mate John Stones has been sensational this year the times that he's actually played for City and if you're playing under Pep and and you know it's he's been quality um I actually wouldn't take anyone from anyone that's going down except for Rafinha and Calvin Phillips that's to say if they do go down from Burnley I I do I do like Dwight McNeil um, as a squad option, yep. I think we should be aiming higher, though. Um, well, that exactly. That's that's the thing. We're not oh, like let's. Ta- that's the same with Patrick Bamford, great player, but that just falls into the Chris Wood mold for me. A guaranteed mm. eight to ten goals a season. We was we we want we need fifteen to twenty goals a season, which we haven't had for a very long time. Would you take Ilan Meslier, goalkeeper, Leeds? I probably would. Mm. Yeah. I like him. I, I like think him. he has a huge future. I think he's got a very big future and a lot of pundits are high on him. Um, yeah, probably what he did stuff up last week. Um, bit of a howler, but um, no, I, d- I definitely would take him. That, that That's a good little shout there. So pretty much just take Phillips, Meslier and um, and Rafinha off their hands. Yeah. If if they Even if they don't go down, we could we could try. I think we could. We could bully them now. But yeah, I, I like Meslier. You know, he's... It's conceded 65 goals this season. So it's, you know, they've got the worst defense and we're saying we want to buy their goalkeeper, which seems weird in, you know, when you apply logic. But if you actually watch the games, he's probably stopped from conceding about 80 to 90 goals this season the way it looks. Well, it's no different, no different to Kyle Darlow when Steve Roos is managing. We were struggling. And Aaron so, Ramsdale got relegated yeah. twice. Look at yeah. him now. Yeah. It's like, oh, Darlow, you nearly got an England call up. Yep. From the, from, the, from the fact that we were just that horrible at the back. Yeah. Plenty of practice. All right, um, let's wrap it up. I'm going to give you give me two players, um, two players that you've been most excited to arrive at Newcastle during your time. Two players. Um, we'll go one for one. Um, we both have the same one. Um, two players that you're most excited to arrive at Newcastle that you thought would be an absolute world beater and then turned out to be shit. Yeah, well, the first one is uh, Hugo Viana. Yeah, absolutely mine. Absolutely. I've met him. He signed a jersey, signed a thing. We spoke a bit of Portuguese. Lovely guy. I got excited. Um, didn't work out. The old one-step free kick against West Brom is probably the highlight of his uh, Newcastle career. Um, technically a great player, 
but physically wasn't right for the Premier League. Yeah, it, a bit slow too. Yeah, it just all all the attributes, physical yeah. attributes weren't there. He was weak. He was slow. Um, he just he wanted time on the ball that was never going to be available. It's a shame because someone like Deco was almost exactly the same, weak and slow, but he was sensational. Yep, Deco was good actually. Mm. He was a good player. I presume. Mm. Did you know that Janino, the, the original and best one, the and little C- one, yeah, and Coutinho are like distant cousins? No, but that's that's one of the coolest things I've heard in a long time. So good. I was reading. It probably that. makes sense of why they can potentially play really well, or they play very similar. Because I was reading an article, um, footballers that you didn't know were related. I was like, oh well, I knew most of them, and then that one came up. Yeah, well, like, yeah, oh, didn't you know, know that. that. Yeah, yeah. Janino Coutinho. Wow. set the Premier League on fire when he was at Middlesbrough. Little northeast on fire, not just yeah. uh, not just Middlesbrough. You know, it was great. I was obviously right. living in the northeast at the time. It was great fun. Yeah, mine um mine was Hugo Viner as well. Obviously, um, was a huge um yeah, world youth player at the time, I believe. Yeah, he was nominated for young player of yeah. the year. He was young. Yeah, he was highly regarded. Probably took the wrong Portuguese player at the time. Could have taken Cristiano Ronaldo. Probably would have ruined him anyway. Yeah, or so, Ricardo Quaresma would have taken him. Yeah, that as well. Uh, mate, the list goes on. I think for me, another one probably would have been Albert Luque. Mm. He's come in, um, huge raps, and he was, I'm going to put it politely, piss poor. Scored against the Mackhams, though. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he was piss poor. Um, yeah, good feet, good balance, came with a good reputation, and he just did absolutely nothing. For me, it was, he wasn't even one that we, we signed young and that we could have... We ruined through development, which like Hugo Varner, we just he just didn't do anything. And I don't, th- I think it was might have been bought under Sunes's watch. I don't think Sunes wanted him. He was 14, 14 million. I yeah, think. it was it was a decent yeah. chunk of cash, um, but it was just it was never going to work out. You know, buying players the manager doesn't want it's never going to end well because the manager has the final say. So it was poor. Um, mate, there's so many players that we could name. Obviously, Cabela and Tovan as well. But I'm going to go with Sim De Jong. Yeah, well, okay. Um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he, he's come with good reputation from Ajax. Yeah, I was really excited. I was really excited because you know, getting anyone from that Ajax academy, the Dutch production line, you know, you're getting a technically great footballer, and you'd captained Ajax, scored goals for fun. You're like, shit, we're actually getting a real play here. Injuries crippled him. I think he had a collapsed lung. I think he had an eye injury as well. He just never. He could never string two or three games together mm. uh, and it just didn't work out. And obviously he's been playing in Australia and he's back overseas now. And it just, his career just fizzled out when he came to us, but I had really high hopes um, when we signed him. Not so much when we got Luke De Jong, um, but Sim, I was definitely excited about. Yeah, I can say that. Nice. All right. Um, score prediction, Everton, Friday morning, our time, Thursday night in the UK. I'll say one nil win. Okay. Fair play. What do you say? Um, two-one win. Do you reckon we're going to concede? Yeah, from a corner. Yeah, I've got to stop doing that. Yeah, conceded a few from set pieces. Mm. Who scores? Chris Wood. Okay, but Wood Chris and um, ASM. Okay, that's yeah. Bruno. Right. Br- Bruno assist. Yeah, I'm going to say Dan Burns going to break his duck. Oh, I like that. Yeah, Dan Burns back post header. He'll go nuts. So fair play. All right, that's us. Appreciate you guys. Um, don't forget to follow us over the on Instagram. Um, subscribe Apple and Spotify. 
um, get this podcast going, share the love as much as possible, and um, shout out to our Iceland listeners. Apparently, we are, <laughs> we're pretty big over there at the moment, which is pretty cool. Apparently, we're more a lot more popular than Gilfie Sigurdsson in Iceland these days. So. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. yep. All right, guys. Peace out. Good chat.